0: time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'm Jeff Kinley, and I'm excited about today's episode because, by the way, this is episode number 11, uh, in case you're counting, but... uh, Uh, It's been great, a great ride so far, and I'm excited about so many things in the future we're going to cover together. But we are finishing up today this series on the message of my latest book, The End of America, question mark, Bible Prophecy and a Country in Crisis. And there's certainly no doubt that our country is in crisis. And I want to really dive right into this thing because, um, and by the way, thank you for those of you who have been sending me messages who have... Encourage me, those of you who are partnering on uh, Patreon and supporting this podcast ministry. Uh, Little by little, we're getting there. So I want to thank you for that. And all of you who are listening and who are sending me your comments. By the way, feel free to send your questions to me. If you have questions about the Bible, about prophecy, about life, about anything related to Christianity and faith and walking with God, just send them. And uh, I'll get to them eventually on the podcast. I'm going to be taking a couple of minutes every now and then and just focusing in on some of these questions. So feel free to send me um, your questions. You know, there's so much in this book, and I did so much research in it for you because I wanted you to be fully equipped uh, concerning the times in which we live. And there's so much I will not be able to, to cover Uh, in these podcasts because we'd be doing like 25 podcasts or something. And so I want to get the book to you. So go to jeffkinley.com, order the book. I'll be glad to sign you a copy. Or you can uh, go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or your favorite site where you buy books. And uh, wherever that is for you, feel free to do that because I want to get this book into your hands so that you can see the words and so that you can uh, be drawn into Scripture. I've got hundreds and hundreds of cross-references and footnotes in the back of this book for you as well. So it's well-documented. It's a great tool uh, for you to give. Uh, And if you're thinking about a gift, you should give this gift because although it seems like this is a message of doom, it's really a message of hope. You know, Jesus Christ was not a doomsday prophet. Now, he told the truth about doomsday. He told the truth about the future, and some of that truth is very uncomfortable. But Jesus wasn't a doomsday prophet because Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the answer not only to escape the wrath of God that is coming, but he's the answer to surviving our world and life until he does come. And so, One of the most asked questions I get on radio shows, and I've been doing dozens and dozens of radio shows all across the country uh, for the past couple of months, and one of the questions that I always get asked is, Jeff, how close are we? How close are we? Or how close could we be? And, you know, that's a very important question, probably a question that you've asked yourself. If all these things are true, if God really is going to bring the book of Revelation to reality, then how close are we to these events? Well, I think one thing we can certainly say is that the signs that we're seeing in our world today that are pointing to the book of Revelation are doing so in a day when the rapture hasn't even happened. And according to what I believe the Bible teaches, the rapture must happen first, and then after that, the tribulation period will begin to kick off. That seven-year period of hell on earth. And I've got an entire book about that, an entire book about the book of Revelation to take you through that. It's called Wake the Bride, Facing These Last Days With Your Eyes Wide Open. If so if you want to study Revelation, go get Wake the Bride. But Anyway, back to uh, how close are we. So we're seeing the signs of Revelation happen, happening The stage is being set for that, and I list all those signs in this book, The End of America. But if we're seeing those signs happen, then how close could we possibly be? Well, I really can't speculate as to when God will begin these events of Revelation or when the rapture will occur. But I will say this. It's kind of like someone said, when you're in the grocery store and you hear Christmas music, It's probably not July. It's probably closer to November. You know, maybe Thanksgiving time. Or it could be Christmas Eve. But you know what? When the music is playing, it tells me that at least somebody's getting ready for it. And I think the music of Bible prophecy is playing on loudspeakers across the world right now. So we should be prepared. I think one of the things a book like this does tell us, and the Bible obviously tells us, is that while a nation can ignore God, we're free to do that. It will not be able to ignore the consequences of ignoring Him. In other words, we're free to do what we want, but but there's sometimes no freedom in the consequences. So I think it should be pretty obvious right now that Bible prophecy is not some sort of Christian novelty or Christian aberration, and certainly there are some uh, prophecy nerd types out there that really geek out on a lot of things that nobody cares about. But it's not a hobby for theological hermits. It's not some sort of leftover truth for you know the nerd population of God's kingdom to dive into if they're so inclined. Revelation is not the appendix of the Bible. It's not an afterthought. I mean, it's like turning off the movie before the climax. The whole story makes sense. Why would you want to do? Why would you to leave the movie in the last ten minutes of a thriller? Well, the Bible's a thriller, folks. It's history in action. It's it's history written ahead of time. So, what I do in my books is I make prophecy understandable for you. If you ever thought that you could never reach the bar on prophecy and really get a handle on it. That's why you need to read my books. That's why you need, as it was in the days of Noah, and Wake the Bride and the coming apostasy that I wrote with Dr. Mark Hitchcock. That's why you need the end of America. I'm working on another one for you right now, by the way. Anyway, how close are we? I believe that we are living in the last days, and it could be 100 years from now, but it could be tomorrow. The return of Jesus Christ for his church is imminent, but we are certainly on the path to the clock striking midnight. There is a midnight coming, and that's not a a depressing message. That's a hopeful message. In fact, nowhere, not one verse in the entire New Testament indicates that the early church was dreading the return of Jesus Christ for them. And they weren't dreading the tribulation because they didn't believe they were going to be in it. Of course, you have the Thessalonians who were duped by some false teachers in the thinking that they were already in the tribulation period with all the persecution from Rome and the things that were happening. Well, Paul set them straight. He said, No, 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 we're not there yet. Don't worry about it. But there's hope. In fact, the very last verse in 1 Thessalonians 4 after talking about the rapture, he says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. There's great comfort in Bible prophecy. So we are in a season where these events could very well take place. So we kind of get to this point. Like I said, there's so much more in the book. Let's get to this point and just answer this question. What are we supposed to do? I mean, what are Christians supposed to do in times like these? Let me give you a couple of thoughts that I think will really encourage you. Number one. We need to realize that we are, number one, we are pursuers of God, and number two, we are patriots. And you know, there's nobody that loves their country as much as I do. I mean, we are a very patriotic family. come from a long line of patriots. We love our country, as I'm sure you do as well. But our allegiance, our primary allegiance and loyalty is not to America. It's not to a country. It's not to a community. It's not to a city. It's not to a neighborhood. It's to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian. In fact, in Philippians 3.20, Paul says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we await a Savior. So there's a, there's a bond that we have with heaven. There's a citizenship there. We belong to heaven. We belong in heaven. And we're not going to be here for forever. This is just a temporary stopping place. Our houses, our hotels, their tents, their temporary dwelling places, our permanent dwelling places with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And so our, our citizenship is in heaven. So we have to see our identity and our destiny as that. And that obviously has eschatological implications and expectations. In other words, it has an impact on our life as it relates to the end times. There's a really cool passage in Colossians chapter 3 and verses 1 through 4. Listen to this. Paul says, since you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. You know, there was an old saying that used to say, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I don't meet Christians like that anymore. They're so focused in on following jesus that they just don't have any impact on the world it's really more just the opposite that's happening today that christians are so earthly minded so worldly minded that they're no heavenly good they're not making any impact for the kingdom you say well is it because the activities we're involved in we're not involved in enough christian activities and stuff we need to go to another bible study no it's an issue of the heart it's not an issue of your activity it begins in the heart. And that's why Paul says, set your mind on the things that are above. So see, when your mind is focused on something, that changes your thoughts. It changes your affections. It changes your desires. So when we know that we belong to God and our place is with Him, then His presence is our pursuit. His kingdom, our cause. So we have to seek the kingdom of God. That's a choice that we get to make every day. And guess what? I don't always make that choice. Sometimes I make it, but I like—I don't walk in it faithfully throughout the day. So it's a mindset that we get ourselves into from Colossians chapter three. It means to, to set your mind on things above means to order your priorities in life. Now, some priorities are set for us in terms of obligations and responsibilities that we have to do. If you're a student, you get up, you go to class every day. At least you should. If you have a job, you get up and go to your job every day. That's a priority. You don't just get to say, well, I don't think I'll have that priority today. No, you, you have to do that. But over all those priorities, as far as your heart affections are concerned, is your priority, as Jesus said, Matthew six thirty three, to seek first the kingdom of God, to put his values as the greatest values in your life and it's not just exchanging morality it's not just exchanging values it's where your heart desire is. where your worship is it's where your your heart really is in terms of why you're even here well why are you still here why weren't why weren't you taken out by a car crash or why why didn't you die of cancer why is your heart still beating it's because God wants you here so that you can know him better and tell others about him and be what he has called you to be. Like Jesus said in John 4:34, he told his disciples, My will is to, is to I'm here to accomplish the Father's will. My meat, what I what I get my sustenance from, is to do the will of him who sent me. So it's an order of priorities. And the more that we realize that the clock is ticking, the more we have a sense of purposeful urgency, not panic, not being rushed. Christ was never rushed. You take each day as it comes, but you pursue God in that day. You pursue Him in your relationships, you pursue Him in your activities, you pursue Him in your choices, you pursue Him in your desires. All those things are a part of what it means to seek first the kingdom of God, to delight yourself in the Lord, as Psalm 37, 4 says, to put God first, to walk with Him, to trust in Him, to not lean on your own understanding, but to trust Him in all your ways, acknowledging Him in all your ways, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You see, for way too long, I think that, We Christians have sort of depended on America to sort of, you know, have our back in terms of keeping the country sane and decent and and moral and upright and just and civil. But the country's not doing that anymore. Society is not. They don't got our back no more. Okay, they're not covering our six, and we can't depend on the government to do it either. Listen, folks, I got news for you. I I believe, by the way, that Christians should be fighting for. Just causes wherever they find a just cause. They should be righting wrongs and doing good things wherever they can. Like with Hurricane Harvey, Christians should be leading the way. In government, Christians should be leading the way. In science, Christians should be leading the way. There's so many areas where we should be making an impact. But we have to make sure that as we're going about our lives, that we are placing God first in everything that we do. We can't depend on the government. I don't care who is the president. Good, bad, and different. Don't care if you like this current president or don't like him. It doesn't matter when it comes to being a Christian. Because the president is not preaching the gospel. He's not it's not his task, it's not his job. Government's role is to keep the law, keep the peace, to punish evildoers, to have to promote civility. And most presidents have done different things along those lines and have helped us out in recent years. But guess what? I don't care who the president is. No political party can or will save America. America must be changed from the heart, from the inside out, because America's problem is a spiritual problem and a spiritual problem requires a spiritual solution. What that means is that we are first and foremost disciples, citizens of heaven, children of God, followers, worshipers, servants of the most high. And it's not a time for us to run and retreat. It's not a time for us to just to throw stones of condemnation. It's not a time for us to just be absorbed in our own Christian subculture. It's not a time for us to just be consumers and turn the church into Walmart so that we can go get all that our needs met there. It's not a time for us to just to go into culture and just be absorbed by culture and become like culture. No, I believe God wants us to be the bride of Christ, to be doers of the word in the world. Jesus says, Jesus wanted us to go into the world. And he prayed in John 17 that we would be protected by the evil one, not removed from the world in terms of our influence. So if the church would just be the church, if Christians would just be Christians, I believe we could make a tangible difference. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 5.14, You are the light of the world. A A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Paul said, Therefore then, You were once darkness, but now you are light, and the Lord walk as children of light. To the Romans, Paul said, the night is almost gone. The day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. It's Romans 13, 12. So I would just simply say this. If you want to find America in the Bible, go to the Great Commission, where Jesus Christ said, go and make disciples of all nations. Guess what? We're a nation. So this is a time for the body of Christ to wake up and to be the church in the world. And wherever you go each day, be the best light for Jesus Christ that you can be. Because if enough Christians will do that, if 30 million Christians in this country, who people who claim to be Christian, if, if that many people would just simply be the church for one week, for one week, if we would just be the bride, bride of Christ, what incredible difference could we make? And it's not an overnight change, but it's an overtime change that we make in our country. And that's the only way America is going to be saved. You may say, Well, I'm a nobody, Jeff. I'm 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 not famous. I don't have any real influence. I'm just I'm just a housewife, or I'm just a guy, I'm just a student, whatever. Listen to this. If God can use an educated fisherman, if he can use men who had incredible moral flaws, character problems, outbursts of angers, a past that they didn't want anybody to know about. If he can use liars and cheaters and murderers and adulterers and people like that to change the world, then I'm quite certain that he can use you. In fact, I know he can. And he probably already is. Hey, don't doubt yourself. Just trust in God. Hey, Christian. It's your country. What are you going to do? Hey, I'll see you next time. God bless. Hey, if you'd like to take the next step and go a little bit deeper, in fact, a whole lot more deeper than these podcasts, then pick up a copy of The End of America, Bible Prophecy, and a Country in Crisis. I'd love to sign a copy for you from my website, jeffkinley.com, or you can buy it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, anywhere the books are sold. Get a copy of this book today. It'll take you a lot deeper in this subject. God bless.